Well, two steps forward, one step back. We are in the 1940s, but we're back to black and white. I mean, we're going to be watching quite a few black and white films, aren't we? Because the transition to color film was pretty gradual. Gone with the Wind looked so good, though. I know. Well, that's part of the reason why it made so much money, because there was mostly black and white back then, and it was so epic and so effectively used color. So true. However, I love a good black and white film, so I'm not mad. It's just a different type of movie. Sure. So today we watched His Girl Friday, finished it mere minutes ago, having just watched or at least finished Gone with the Wind last night. Mm-hmm. This was Hannah's recommendation to watch, or not recommendation, but request, because you hadn't seen it. And I thought I would like it, so I wanted to put it in there. So real quick, logline for His Girl Friday. A newspaper editor uses every trick in the book to keep his ace reporter ex-wife from remarrying. So let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. What did in. you think? I loved it. I loved it, too. <laughs> I didn't think that I would. I mean, I, I, I thought I would like it. I talked about this in the previous episode. I went in with no expectations. I didn't know what it was going to be about. Right. Started off, wasn't really into it. That's fair. It was. It took a while to get going. It it really picked up momentum, like uh, maybe like a third of the way. Right in. around the time yeah. when the gunshots started going. Oh, off. for sure. Because at the beginning, I was I was kind of caring about the story between. Um, Hildy and Bruce mm-hmm. uh, versus Walter and him trying to break them up or whatever, his jealousy. I was like, okay, this is interesting. But all the stuff going on with the killer, I was like, nah, I'm kind of one year in, one year out. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really get how this is super relevant. And then as soon as the gunshots started going off, it was a complete reversal. I was like, I don't care about Bruce. Get him yeah. out of the movie. It is a I pretty big know story. What, yeah, I want to know yeah. what's happening here. So just – the lightning fast dialogue amazing floored me yeah uh as you could maybe tell it is sort of a huge inspiration for amy sherman palladino the creator of gilmore girls and marvelous mrs Maisel. has she said that actively uh or are you just inferring i think she has said it actively there's definitely a scene where rory gilmore references his girl friday so you can see the um what is it called? The the blood the um <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> um Is there a scene with blood in Gilmore Girls? No, I don't no, no, that. no. Just like uh the the genetics, like the the shared DNA. That's there what I go. shared DNA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot our catchphrase. That's shared DNA is our uh, yes, that's what I was thinking like lifeblood. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Shared DNA, like the very witty repartee like the back and forth the quick cuts at moments the goofiness like it's all that kind of style once again subtitles coming in clutch on this i i put it on immediately because i'm like i know this is gonna be a fast talking movie there's no way we can follow it like i didn't say that out loud but i was like we're gonna all but said it we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna need it because i know it's gonna be like really quick transatlantic (laughs) talking so what were your expectations going in I expected it to have Cary Grant. I expected it to be at like in the newspaper world and to be about like a female reporter and it to be like really fast paced talking. And it was all those things. I didn't really know much beyond that. But, you know, this is a conversation that we have sometimes that it's like if things that we like 
the people that have created things that we like, if they like something, then it's possible we'll like that thing. So like I like Gilmore Girls and, you know, if the creator that made that is inspired by His Girl Friday, then I'm probably going to like His Girl Friday. And I did. It's yeah. definitely the same sort of style. I love witty exchanges. I love great dialogue that that was so fun it was know, quite well written that and it world. was really funny too. it definitely held up <laughs> both like the dialogue and a lot of cary grant's uh like body language with him yes pointing and he's just very goofy some of his little like yelps randomly yeah. were really funny i remembered what i had seen him in i saw him in charade which is oh, okay a 1963 comedy with audrey hepburn and he is a huge goofster in that, even more than in this, if you can believe it. Okay, because I saw him in North by Northwest. Oh, okay, where I, yeah. I thought, I thought he was good in that movie, mm -hmm. but I didn't really like that movie. That's per fair. Personally. So when you were like, Cary Grant, I feel like I've seen him in something. I was like, yeah, of course you've seen him in something. And then I was looking at it just now and I was like, maybe you haven't seen him in something. No. Because you haven't seen North by Northwest. No, I haven't seen that. But yeah, in, in Charade, he's very charming and even more goofy than walter so i would walter. definitely <laughs> walter i would definitely give that a recommendation to you at some point okay you want something fun with Cary grant you like Cary grant you like sort of witty dialogue well yeah Go so for that. Yeah. again i thought he was fine in north by northwest mm -hmm. and then when this movie started i wasn't into his performance mm -hmm. something about it that first scene That's in the fair. newsroom i didn't feel like it felt genuine enough I didn't feel like he was maybe in the character enough. It, it didn't feel like they had like a ton of chemistry in the no, beginning. But it However, built. yeah, like you could maybe read it as like they say they haven't seen each other in like six months. Mm -hmm. You know, they have some animosity because they're divorced. Yeah. You know, and then it gradually builds as they're you know she brought back into that world that she loves. They they get closer and closer chemistry. So I think that was really well done. They were both great. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to take a second to look up the name of the actress. Rosalind or Russell? Rosalind. Russell, yes. Yeah. She was excellent. Very excellent. She can hang Perfect with the best role. of them as far yeah. as delivering that snappy, witty dialogue. I mean, that really good. That is really difficult. Um, I was reading the Wikipedia page a little bit, and this is before they did multi-sound mixing. Okay. So they had a sound mixer on set that would like – turn on and off people's mics depending on when they were talking. So when it's like fast dialogue overlapping back and forth, he was like on, off, on, off, like up to 35 times per scene. Wow. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. And so they had, e they had each person mic'd then. I guess. I guess. So something like that where like in order to get that style, they had to do that because they didn't have like the stereo or whatever. That's um, ridiculous. At the time, Howard Hawks was trying to make the fastest paced dialogue of all time because oh, you can tell and he did a good job. Definitely. Because it was based on a play called The Front Page mm -hmm. and there was an adaptation a couple of years before called The Front Page and they had the fastest dialogue and he's like, I want to beat that. <laughs> and he like showed the movies back to back and was like, this one's faster, right? <laughs> and, like was really trying to flex. And I think it pulled off like really nicely. I especially love the quick cuts between reporters, like giving stories. He's like, okay, he's in the desk. Oh no, he's over here. Blah, 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 blah. It was awesome. Cause you don't usually see that from yeah. movies of that era. 
For someone with ADHD, like I mentioned in the last yeah. episode, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, it is. But you kind of – you have to train yourself to know like what piece of dialogue is key to remember and what is just kind of like fluff to keep the scene chaotic because mm-hmm. it was so chaotic. I don't think I've seen <laughs> well, that, that a movie that it, chaotic right? since like Uncut Gems. Oh, true. But less stressful. <laughs> less stressful, yeah. There was less at stake. It was more just about like where is it going to go as opposed to is everybody going to – survive well i think it was money (laughs) we were supposed to be in the perspective of hildy getting swept up in like a chaotic but like really suspenseful really interesting world that it's hard to pull yourself out of you're like okay this is going on we have like the big scoop we got to get this we want to be like the best of the best i understand that feeling like i've had that before like there's certain either jobs or just activities that you do that you you hate the stress of it but you love the thrill of it, you know? Yeah. Like at times it can be boring or at times it can really like stress you out. But when you're in the thick of it and your your heart's mm-hmm. racing and you're running around trying to get stuff done, it it really brings out a love for it. Oh, for sure. That happens sometimes in video production. Yeah. Running around trying to get the shot it can be stressful, but oh, like absolutely. when you get it, it's like oh, so satisfying. Yeah, I feel the same way about wedding photography. It can be mega, mega stressful while I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, no, we're behind schedule. Are we going to get this shot? Like, are we going to capture this moment? Like, very stressful at times. But you just feel so, like, passionate. You're like, yeah, this this was stressful. But, like, you know, I captured this beautiful moment. I'm so proud of this. And, like, it's worth the anxiety. So yeah. I, I can I can relate to Hildy's experience for sure. Exactly. And something that I've learned even more recently, specifically with regards to video production, is that the less stressful it is sometimes, the less thrilling it is. Well, the I, less like, you're pushing I, yourself yeah, to be yeah. better. I mean, I feel like that kind of goes without saying, but I yeah. found like on on slow days when I can take things a little bit more a little bit more easy, it's not as fun. And you don't feel as proud of the work that you accomplish. Yeah, not necessarily anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that way. So I could I could understand the feel of that character getting swept up in it all and then being right back oh, sure. to sort of square one uh, by the end of the movie. I, I did think that was interesting. It was funny. It, you know, it's, it was a, funny. it's a comedy. It was a very funny movie. And I, I give it points for that. I definitely am drawn to strong female protagonists. Mm-hmm. And I found it really refreshing, especially in the 1940s, to have a working woman that was like amazing at her job and everyone like thought she was like really great and successful Yeah, everyone's like hey hildy hildy what's up hildy when she walked in you don't really see that as often like even in mad men it's like the women that rose to the top of that field like they had to like kind of like push their way through it and like it was a really big uphill struggle Mm -hmm. and stuff and like still it was more of like a world of men in the advertising sense and that was like 1960s <laughs> yeah well it reminds me of like lucille ball energy yes in she way. gave me strong lucille ball energy like yeah. strong-headed woman but kind of goofy when she was chasing charming. down the guy yeah. on, the street, on the street and she was like hey come back was yeah that funny. was really funny she was shouting and I, I just love sort of the i feel like girl power now hashtag girl power girl boss sometimes can make women more masculine like with Toy Story 4, Bo mm-hmm. Peep is like wearing pants. Did they make a Toy Story 4? I don't know. No, they I don't didn't. Think they did. Well, 
Bo Peep is wearing pants because she's like to signify that she's like more powerful and headstrong now. But it's like, wouldn't it be more cool for feminine girls to be like, oh, you can be feminine and you can still be a leader. Like you can wear a dress and you can still rock it. Absolutely. I think that's so awesome. And seeing Hildy like, you know, in like a a dress and high heels just booking it down the street <laughs> jumping on top of that guy that was like amazing like she didn't have to get rid of her femininity in order to be taken seriously yeah and i think that's important you had that same problem with the mario movie trailer with yes. princess peach who is known her, for wearing a dress yeah in like her mock rider outfit whatever like her motorcycle like, suit oh now we're you know this is like the faux feminism thing like oh it's girl power now because i'm wearing pants oh i can't kick butt in a skirt oh sorry like i just Ridiculous. find i find it so dumb yeah well i think now's a good time for a little bit of trivia and some of it we kind of gone over but that's okay yeah worth bringing up again so this was one of the first films preceded by Stage Door, 1937, to have characters talk over the lines of other characters for a more realistic sound. Mm -hmm. Prior to this, movie characters completed their lines before the next lines were started. I love that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it really makes it stand the test of time because when you think of 1930s, 1940s movies, you think of it being a lot more stilted and more like a theater production. Whereas this is a lot more of a modern equivalent of what you would get in a modern dialogue film. And I really appreciated that. It adds to the realism at the oh, very definitely. least. For sure. I thought it was great. Yeah, for sure. Another piece of trivia. So Rosalind, 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 Roz, my good friend Roz. <laughs> Roz Russell thought while shooting that she didn't have as many good lines as Cary Grant. So she hired an advertisement writer through her brother-in-law and had him write more clever lines for the dialogue. Since Howard Hawks allowed for spontaneity and ad-libbing, he and many of the cast members and crew didn't notice it. And Grant knew she was up to something, leading him to greet her every morning saying, what have you got today? I mean, That's might as funny. well, right? If you're not good at ad-libbing, but you want like smart dialogue, you might as well. <laughs> have you ever heard of them doing that on the Drew Carey show? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, do you know the about the Drew Carey show? Yeah, yeah. I saw some episodes. It's like a sitcom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it's an, like, they're mostly improvisers, though. Well, the show. people on the show, yeah, 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 well, yeah. they're lots from whose line? Who's line? Mm -hmm. So one of the people on that show, uh, I don't remember the name of the actress, forgive me, but she played Jordan in Scrubs. Okay, uh, who's Doctor Cox's wife slash ex wife? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was in, I think she was in Cougar Town. Yep. Did you watch Cougar? Yeah, you watched. Cougar I watched Town, all right? of Cougar Town. So you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So they would have episodes where I guess they would do sort of like an ad lib challenge, like an improv challenge. Oh, that makes sense. Where they would do the episode as scripted and then every once in a while they would hit uh, like a bell mm. and go ding. And then if they hit the bell, then the actor had to redo their line, but like a different improvised version of, of the joke mm -hmm. to make a funnier version. Yeah, they call that sort of a candy bag in right. some shows, but that's written by writers ahead of time, other ad-libs. Well, you're a, one step yeah. ahead of me on this one. So the mm -hmm. idea was that they would hit the button, they would hit the bell, and in the moment, they would have to think of a random line to replace it. True. Well, what this actress did was she took the writers, it might have even been the writers from Scrubs, it's hard for me to remember. Like Bill Lawrence, his, her husband? Right. Yeah. So it might have been the writers from Scrubs, but she would take the script to them beforehand <laughs> and have them write new 
lines so that she would be prepared for any opportunity for them to ding her. So then when she would get dinged, she would deliver a line written in advance by other writers and the crowd would go crazy. That makes sense. I so mean, it reminds me of that. I, th- I don't take offense to that. Like you're funny, it's whether funny. or not yeah, you yeah. made it on the spot. You know, some people just aren't good at that. It reminds me of an episode of Community where they're doing movie nights like for dumb movies and they're like all about the quips and stuff. Like if you were watching like The Room or something, how you just like yell quips at the screen mm-hmm. and Pierce is mad that he doesn't have any like good like one-liner zingers. <laughs> he would be mad. Yeah, he exactly. Would. So then he hires a comedy writer's room <laughs> to come up with like to watch the movie ahead of time and come up with one-liners for him to say. <laughs> and it turns out badly. They're like, we can tell that he's reading from a script. <laughs> he left the show, right? Yeah. Chevy Good Chase. Ones. Chevy Chase, was, you know, kind of probably had a bad attitude, you know, coming from an old world of comedy. Thanks, but no thanks, yeah, Chev. For sure. <laughs> so back to the lightning fast dialogue. So it is estimated that the normal rate of verbal dialogue in most films is around 90 words a minute. In His Girl Friday, the delivery has been clocked at 240 words a minute. That so is a lot. <laughs> well over double. You can tell. That kind of, you know, that adds to the charm of it for sure. And I'd, that I'd, high energy-ness. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see more films by the same team or, you know, Howard Hawks, the same director. Yeah. yeah. I think Howard Hawks did a movie with Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant a couple years before called Bringing Up Baby. That's on the mm. AFI list. Okay. Uh I mean, obviously, we would miss it in this watch of our, you know, history lesson, cinema history lesson. But I think we should maybe watch it at some point, bringing up baby. So what what year is that? Like 1930s? I think it would have been just prior. I, I can't remember. I was looking at it at the Wikipedia. 38, page. 1938. Yeah. So we just missed it. Yeah, that's well, okay. Well, we can't add in Bringing Up Baby. We, we can add in Bring It On starring Kirsten Dunst, 2001. Obviously. Or Bringing Down the House with Steve Martin and... Uh, Queen Latifah. Sure. <laughs> Get all the Medea franchise in here. And... Oh, I'm about to walk away from my desk. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we're kind of still early in the episode here, but I'm looking at the camera battery and I didn't bother to charge it. So we might have to do a shorter episode. But what it, what did you think overall? What, what are you going to rate it? Uh, I think it is worthwhile to watch still i think it holds up it reminds me maybe of the hijinks of i love lucy in that kind of world and mm-hmm. i think i would maybe be more endeared to it over time i don't think it's like favorite 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 of all time but i think it is a great movie one of those movies that you watch in the moment and you're like, yeah, that was good. And then you see like a 30 second clip on YouTube and you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, memories yeah, yeah. that I had. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Maybe looking back, I'll be like, hmm, that deserves a bigger spot. But as of now, I think I'm going to give it like a four out of five. Four to five. So eight out of ten. Yeah. So like, so it's like an A, but it's not like an A plus, you know? I don't know. Fair enough. I think <laughs> I'd give it the same. Yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, especially going thoroughly in cold. Enjoyed. Love going in cold to a, to a movie. It's so fun, like, because it's so nice to be pleasantly surprised. Like, I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. Some of my favorite movies that I've seen, I've gone into either completely cold sure. or at least mostly cold. I really enjoyed going into Francis Hall completely cold. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to show you a movie and you're not even allowed to see what the title is and we're just going to watch it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Did I not tell you the title? Nope. You made oh. me look away from the screen. 
Did I? Well, that and does I, sound like me. And I think like you don't see the title to the film until like the last frame of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny that way. Yeah. I was curious I how it. they came to that decision to name it that based on the very end of that movie. If you've seen Francis Ha, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you probably you, have no you idea should watch it's called Francis that, Ha. Yeah. yeah if you haven't seen Maybe it. I should add a Noah Baumbach movie to the list. Oh, yeah. I'm down. I mean, I've wanted to see The Squid and the Whale for a number of years, but you've seen it, so then it, it I'm doesn't down. have a place I, on this list. I'm interested in seeing Kicking and Screaming, which is one of his earlier movies, not the Will Ferrell movie. I'm definitely thinking of the Will Ferrell yeah, movie. Yeah, also called Kicking and Screaming. What a ripoff. <laughs> don't just steal a title like that. Come on. I don't know. Just at least call it Screaming and Kicking. Yeah, that's still confusing, though. <laughs> well, maybe we'll add kicking and screaming to the list. We, our list isn't very representative no. of, of 90s and 2000s movies. Well, because that's when we were born. So we've seen the majority a, of great a good movies amount of from it. that I'm, era. I'm not opposed to adding some ones that we haven't seen to the list. You know, some more, you know, f- indie film affairs. Like, sure. Um, I'm just the- Run Lola Run, I've heard is like a good 90s yeah. indie. India, in- <laughs> India. Not quite. Film. <laughs> the the genesis for the idea of this list was just movies that made like a big cultural impact, or True. movies that like everybody was talking about at the at time, the time. Yeah, that we didn't end up seeing. So we probably would have added Avatar the, to the list because you haven't seen it, but I have. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> what what is your beef with Avatar? I just don't Do think you know I'm anything care. about it. Yeah, I know about it. Tell me. It's about like this world of blue people that yeah, blue you know people, are yeah. uh, you know probably representative of like indigenous people in North America and these people like in our world want to take some kind of resource from them so then they bring in this vet that is in a wheelchair to go through the computer AI and become one of the avatar people like his he he has the avatar of the whatever the tribe is called and he becomes amongst those people and then he falls for that love and he's like okay we can't you know take away the resources and I'm going to become part of this tribe and I'm not going to go back to the real world because I can walk here and that's the movie yeah that's pretty much it and I just you know I'm sure it's great and I'm sure it's it was revo- okay. revolutionary for its time it looks in good. terms of animation. I don't know. But I just think it's not – It's I don't know. I don't think it's for me. I, don't, I just probably find it like kind of mediocre probably. Okay. How about know. instead of watching Avatar, we just watch Avatar The Legend of Korra? Okay. Which I also – I've <laughs> seen season one, but not the rest. Mm-hmm. I've always been meaning to go back to it. At some point. Right. For sure. Well. Did you rate this movie? Eight out of ten. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next on the list is probably the biggest one. That in, we've in missed ter- out on. Yeah, in yeah. terms of just film history. For sure. And that's going to be Citizen Kane. Yeah. Now. People always call things the Citizen Kane to represent the best, the of, best of something. Or like, you know, the worst. Of, like, the room is the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, kind of the whole point of this movie, or at least part of the idea of doing the list was to have a lead up to this movie. I think I've talked about this in previous episodes that we want to see what came before it. Exactly. I think 
Part of what made Citizen Kane so great at the time is how it revolutionized filmmaking techniques and storytelling and cinema, supposedly. This is we'll what see. I've heard. So I wanted to see like the 10 best rated films before Citizen Kane to understand exactly like what why. it did. Yeah. Right? And I, I actually did something similar. We're 3% battery on the camera here, but that's okay. If it shuts off, we'll just – our audio is still rolling, so we'll just have – a dark ending to the episode. <laughs> but I kind of did that same thing in uh, in COVID quarantine times. Uh, we did a couple of uh, mock theater experiences at home. Oh, yeah, fun. Where I set up, you know, I printed out tickets for us and uh, had seats set up like a movie theater just for fun. For sure. And one thing that I did was I cobbled together a trailer reel of movies that had come out either just before or the same year as a movie that we were watching. So we did we did Star Wars and we did What's Up Doc and I mm-hmm. cobbled together a reel of trailers from 1977 or 76 for Star Wars just to put you into the time for sure. of what movies would have been coming out just before Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an effective way to show like what those movies did for, for or what those movies were offering to people experiencing movies in that time. Mm-hmm. And how it would have affected the cinema goers right so i i think this has been a successful experiment so far going Mm -hmm. from like black and white silent to black and white talky to color talky back to black and white slowly inching our way towards citizen Mm -hmm. kane seeing the kinds of movies that were like big bombastic cinematic experiences with a lot of money behind them versus movies that maybe have like three sets and are mostly dialogue based still great still have their place I mean, revolutionary in the terms of how they interpreted dialogue and cutting of that era, I would say. So all I'm saying is Citizen Kane, based on the reputation that it has, better make me fly out of my chair. That's what I'm saying, because Gone with the Wind was pretty epic. In 1940, His Girl Friday was pretty, pretty great. So I have high expectations for Citizen Kane. And I try not to be too much of a hipster doofus when it comes to these kinds of things. I I, mean... I try not to be the kind of person... though. I try not to be the kind of person who's like, well, I don't like this just because it's popular. Because I I like to follow my heart. I I just like what I like. You know, Bicycle Thieves was a very highly rated movie. Yeah. And I knew that going in. And I didn't think I was going to like it because of that reason. But I was floored by it, and right. I loved it. So I'm because com- you thought people yeah. were just saying that they liked it because they're supposed to like it. I suppose. Yeah. So I'm completely ready for both sides of the coin. I'm ready to watch Citizen Kane and think that it's completely overrated, and to hate it and think that it's overhyped. We'll see. And I'm also ready to watch Citizen Kane and be like, "Wow, that really deserves all the recognition that it's got, and it's great." I yeah. mean, I, ho- I hope it's great. I want to I, like I want movies. it to be great I love as movies. well. I think it'll be good. If, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to say if we'll be like, this was amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll still be good, probably. Well, let's talk expectations. Yeah. So I, I kind of know what it's about. If you don't know, then I don't want to spoil it for you. I so. know what it's about. Okay, go ahead. I mean... I watched – so in class, in school, we had to do, like, reports on a movie, and for our year, they chose Casablanca, but in the past, they made everyone do Citizen Kane. So I had watched some of the reports of 
my friends that were a year ahead of us in the program where they talked about the different aspects of Citizen Kane. So I have a general idea of certain beats of the movie, at least. Okay. So my understanding is that it's about a guy who dies at the like at the beginning. Oh, did you not know this? No, I, I know that he dies. I just don't know if he dies at the beginning. I know he's dying, like maybe on his deathbed. Okay. I well, I, again, I haven't seen it, we'll, so I we'll don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we don't but, know. And then I think it's some sort of like reporter or something trying to figure out like what his role was in the local or maybe not so local community, like his big presence, right. I guess. And... I know that there's a certain line that yep. he says yep. at the beginning. Is it at the beginning? I I, I don't know. I haven't seen okay, it. Okay. 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 <laughs> we'll I, talk about it. I know what the line means. I know, know what, what it line? means okay. too. I know. But what it, let's wait to talk about that. Sure. The next time. I only know what it means because it was spoiled for me in an episode of the Real Ghostbusters. That's funny. That I think was parodying it. Oh, that I watched I see. on one of those days when there's, there's nothing else on <laughs> and you're just kind of rolling around the basement, clunking yeah. your head against the wall, That's watching right. the real Ghostbusters, getting Citizen Kane spoiled for you. That's the but, way it is. You know, it's the journey, not the reward. So yeah. I'm ready to be surprised. I mean, with a lot of these older movies, we know sort of the cultural trademarks of it. Like we know the famous line from Gone with the Wind. We hadn't seen the context. Yeah. So I think it's going to be exciting to see all these contexts finally be like, you know, all the oldsters being like, yeah, sure, this movie's great. But have you seen this movie from 50 years ago? And I can be like, yes, I did. <laughs> and here's my opinion on it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, comparing Gone with the Wind to His Girl Friday, Gone with the Wind was four hours and it felt like four hours. Yeah. His Girl Friday was like an hour and a half and it felt like it was maybe 45 minutes. It Like in a good way. Yeah, like, exactly. Like it was really fun. So like Gone with the Wind, really epic cinematography and great in that aspect. His Girl Friday, it didn't need it. It was the world of the reporters, the chaos of being in the newsroom, completely different style. You know, it didn't really need to be color and the dialogue was yeah. great. So it's just two different types from that medium back to back. One thing that I thought they were going to do in His Girl Friday that they didn't end up doing, and that was okay, is I thought they were going to have the movie take place in real time, which would have been cool. It was... I, I think if they had made a couple within tweets, a day. they could have made it take place in real time, which would would have kept the energy yeah. up even more. Well, it's based on a play. Yeah. So I'm assuming that was more or less in real time. Yeah. It was over the course of maybe like six hours so you still felt like the race against the clock whether mm -hmm. or not it was in real time and i did like that right so anyway it felt short is what i was trying to get across. In, in a very refreshing way yeah citizen kane i just looked the runtime of citizen kane is just under two hours okay which, not so bad considering yeah, before watching on with the wind i would have been like oh this is a little long just a little bit but now yeah. I'm like, oh it's like so a cup of coffee yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> that's my favorite Jerry Seinfeld line. Your favorite of all time? No, all no, of Seinfeld? No, 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 that's no, no, your no. favorite line? No, okay, one of my favorites, sure. Okay, what's one your favorite? One. Number one favorite. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Look, we are not ending this podcast episode until you think about every line that's from like Seinfeld. That's like choosing a favorite me, child. <laughs> tell me your favorite <laughs> Seinfeld line. Let's just say for I had, now it's I had a dream like a that a hamburger was eating me. Okay, I think we're <laughs> I think we're about wrapped up here. Anything left unsaid, Hannah, as we discuss His Girl Friday and our upcoming cinematic experience that is Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane. <laughs> so, we talked about if uh, one of our favorite creators liked it, then we might like it too. So, Wes Anderson is deeply inspired by Orson Welles. So I don't, I mean, there's reasons, I'm sure. I wouldn't have guessed that. (laughs) I don't think I've seen Orson Welles in anything yet. Yeah. Well, well, this will be our first step into it. I don't know if you, there's one movie in particular that I want to say, like the Marvelous Amersons or something like that. One of Orson Welles' films was inspiration for the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. So. Fair enough. If he's inspired by this director, maybe. I will also be inspired. So we'll just have to see. Okay. Well, I hope it works out for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all Who right. Knows? Looking forward to the next episode. I hope you all are out there. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I don't know if you can rate a podcast on Spotify or Apple or whatever. I'm assuming yeah, I, you can. I think you can. Please rate it as you feel appropriate. I'm not asking sure. for those five stars, but I really appreciate those five stars, <laughs> as Mike Mozart would say in 2009 YouTube. And, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We will not see you in the next one, but you'll hear us in the next one. Yeah. All right. Hear you then.